1: In prison, dinner was always a big thing.
0: I'm Lucy Vincent, and for the past four years, my life has been consumed by prison food. Over the next eight weeks, I'll be guiding you through the UK prison system's Fractured Food Programme, with a little help from some of the people who've lived it, eaten it, and cooked it. You're probably wondering why a 28 year old with no previous convictions, touch wood, is introducing a podcast about prison food. In 2016, I launched Food Behind Bars as the UK's national campaign to improve prison food. Now in 2021, having secured our charity status, we're working with prisons up and down the country to help make people's lives better through food that nourishes the body and mind. From Second Window, welcome to Food Behind Bars, season one. We're here for eight episodes as we look to unravel the story of how an inadequate prison food system has come to be, how it's affecting us all, and what happens next. I'm Lucy Vincent, and this is episode three, Kettle Cooking. Over the years of chatting to people about prison food, you know, their instant reaction is thinking about the food that's produced by the kitchen that people are eating. But actually, the story is much bigger and a lot more complex than that. And there's this subculture of prison life in every single prison um, that exists alongside the food that's being served from the kitchen. And that's kettle cooking. You know, it's a a funny name. The reason it's called kettle cooking um, is because most of the time all the prisoners have to cook with is their travel kettle in their cell. You know, if you're lucky, it depends what prison you're at and where you're at with your sentence. You know, you might have a toasty machine that you share on the wing. You might even have a microwave. But for the most part, every prisoner will have access to a kettle. And depending on your interest in food, everyone uses that kettle in a different way. In prison, there's two places where you can get your food. One is the servery and the dishes that come off the menu. And the other is called canteen. Now, canteen is kind of like a prison tuck shop. You can get food on there, but you also get all of your other items. So your toiletries, stamps, phone credit, vape. But typically, Canteen is used by all prisoners to supplement their diet. The only problem is that the majority of food available on Canteen are kind of convenient, long-life packet foods that you can kind of keep in your cell. Kit Kat Chunkies noodles, peanut butter, cans of tuna, spices, hot sauce, ketchup, chocolate, crisps, cans of pop. These are the kind of things that are available on Canteen. The server is where you get your main meals from. So you come there to get your sandwiches at lunchtime, soups, pastas, wraps, jacket potatoes, and in the evening you might have a curry, fish and chips, casseroles, pies, The quality varies massively across the board, and we'll find out a little bit more about this as the series progresses. So when you're in prison, you obviously have the opportunity to pick your three meals a day from the prison menu, which gets given to you a week in advance. The breakfast is always a breakfast pack. And then lunch or dinner, you'll have between four and five options that you pre-select. And then when it's lunch or dinner time, you come up to the servery and you collect your meal. And that is what you're meant to eat. And the prison service provide three meals a day. I think kettle cooking is something that, that came up very early on when I started to speak to people about prison food. It, it became quite clear to me that everyone was supplementing their diet in some way. What I found interesting about that is that some people were supplementing their diet because they didn't like perhaps what they were getting from the servery. But for some people it was completely different. They were still eating their three meals a day from the prison servery, but they were just grasping onto that element of autonomy and, and cooking. And often it was the people that had a, a passion for cooking on the outside who were doing the most kettle cooking inside. You know, it was their way of gaining some control over their diets and also enjoying cooking. But remember, kettle cooking bears no resemblance to the cooking that we might be used to on the outside. In prison, the chances are the only equipment and tools that you have access to are a travel kettle, some plastic cutlery, a mug, some Tupperware, and that's pretty much it. So you have to get creative and resourceful with the ingredients that you can get from Canteen and the limited equipment that you have access to in your cell. I think another thing to note as well is that most prison staff know that kettle cooking goes on, and although it's not formally encouraged, it's also allowed. You know, you're allowed to cook in your cell and prepare things using your kettle. And I think from over the years, actually, speaking to prison officers you know, there's often an element of surprise and delight at the stuff that they've seen. Um, I mean, I've heard of banoffee pies being made, birthday cakes, shakshuka, you know, these are dishes that you and I could never imagine making with just a kettle and some plastic cutlery. It starts bringing all these questions up as to, okay, well, how are you making a banoffee pie? What ingredients are you getting and putting into that, and how are you using those ingredients with just a kettle? Let me remind you, this isn't your home kettle. This isn't the kettle that you might have in your kitchen. We're talking a travel kettle, probably one that you'd find in a drawer at a travel lodge rather than in your kitchen. It's a cheap plastic, white kettle. You'd probably struggle to get three mugs of tea out of it. The more I've learned about prison food, the more I've learned how integral these kettles are to everyday prison life. And I've been amazed over the years and surprised and shocked and delighted to hear about the things that are being created in them. And then I met Danny. Danny's taking kettle cooking to the next level.
1: We his kitchen. I've done that, but for tomorrow. This is for my friend, Joseph. This is for me.
0: I actually got sent his page on Instagram, Danny Hell's Kitchen, and started kind of looking at at what he was doing with the food in his cell. And actually, it was unlike anything that I'd ever seen before. It was very different to the experiences of kettle cooking that I'd heard about in the UK and that I'd witnessed. Um, I guess, firstly... He seemed to have access to a few more bits of equipment. Um, You know, I don't think his kettle was actually the most important part of his cooking process. Secondly, the stuff that he was making and the volume in which he was cooking was huge. I mean, he was cooking every single meal in his cell, sharing it with his cellmate and eating it together in quite an elevated experience. And the fact that he made no apologies about the food that he was producing and the level at which he was cooking, which for me, you know, was actually quite close to kind of fine dining. The dishes that he's making were real elevated examples. You know, this was not noodles in a mug. Um, You know, this was a beautifully crafted French sponge cake that he kind of set in the fridge overnight
1: did the prep work. He was doing a year for content and he had this wonderful system for doing the garlic. He used a razor needs to slice it so thin that it used to liquefy in the pan with just a little oil. It's a very good system.
0: I think as well with Danny, a big part of what he was doing was was sharing that story and sharing that glimpse into his life and in his little cell kitchen. And he was doing that by sharing that on Instagram. Danny was a real key person I spoke to because he's currently serving a sentence. He's inside right now, but talking about what he's doing inside around food in real time.
1: Guys, patata fritas, nice salad with nice dressing. Not too bad, my little banana cake and eat a bit of pear in it.
0: (laughs) His Instagram bio reads Real Prison Life, and he's definitely giving us a glimpse and a snapshot behind the cell door. Hello? Hey, is that Danny? How are you doing, uh, Lucy? It's Lucy. Hey, how are you? Hold on one second. Lucy. Yeah, no
1: problem. Uh, I put my earphones
0: on. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I've, got, I've got mine on too. <laughs> so I started following Danny on Instagram and he quite quickly followed us back on Food Behind Bars. And although what he's doing is not allowed and we certainly wouldn't encourage it, he was quite keen to chat to us as much as I was keen to chat to him about prison foods and what he was cooking. And he struck me as someone who was very passionate about food, very passionate about cooking, and actually using it as a tool to get him through, I guess, what is quite a challenging time in his life. I'm just
1: relaxing. I'm cooking right now. I'm doing some... Uh, it's a North African dish called lubia. It's uh, actually it's, um, beans, tomato beans, but with spices in it, chicken... Uh, uh, grilled uh, grilled uh, uh, green butter, some um, some chili, also a lot of chili.
0: Mm.
1: Green chili. It's very
0: nice. So, I know lots about prison food in the UK, and I've spent lots of time in prisons. I've worked in prison kitchens, in men's prisons, and mm. women's prisons. But um, I'm very interested to talk to you, and we're doing a whole episode on, well, what we call it in the UK is kettle cooking.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I it's know called in prison.
0: <laughs> you yes, probably... I
1: know about it. Because yeah. I have a lot of uh, followers, and the people that I follow also, they're in prison in UK. So they show me how they do, you know, into the kettle. But we used to do that a long time ago, because it's not my first time in prison. Mm. And we had before the, the kind of kettle, uh, kettle uh, cooking, but we had also, uh, you know, the oil lamp. We used to build the oil lamp, and we cook with the oil lamp, you know. Wow. How I does know, that you know work? I mean... But uh, you, uh, you, for example, you have a big can, you know, those big cans of tomato sauce, you fill it up with, uh, with, um, sunflower oil, you know, and you cre- and you build a little, um, you know, it's a little, little piece of fabric, you know, you dip it in the oil and then you just light the, light it, that piece of fabric and it becomes, it becomes a lamp, a lamp. You know, the uh. oil lamps like before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you put four cans around and you put your pan on the top. And you can cook also whatever. I can do everything with that. But it creates a lot of smoke, mm. you know, and that carbon thing, that black thing, I don't know how we call it in English, you know, that uh, la Chiance, mm. uh, that carbon, you know, and it hurts all the cells. So it was mm. back in the days. I would say a, a bit more than 10 years we had this
0: in prison. What struck me most about my conversation with Danny is I learned a lot about why people cook in their cell. And I guess I'd always assumed in the UK, that people were doing this because they weren't getting the kind of pleasure out of the prison food as they wanted. But the first thing that, that really struck a chord with me about Danny is he mentioned that the food in the particular prison he's in in France is actually really high quality. Uh, lots of fish, lots of steamed veggies. They don't use salt in anything. They don't fry anything. You know, on the whole, it was, it was really good quality food. He wasn't cooking in his cell as a reaction to that food. It was about the pleasure and the enjoyment that he got out of cooking and eating his own food.
1: And as I used to say all the time, ate, uh, cooking is a therapy in prison. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, time goes fast, uh, it's a pleasure, you know, you are more, uh, give more attention to the, to, the, to details, sorry, so it's quite nice, I have to say. Yeah. And my people here, I cook for my, for my friends also, not only for me, so they are very happy and I ask them the the, the, the the following day, you know, how how was the dish? How was the, oh, it was brilliant! It was so good, delicious, you know. And mm. I'm, I'm quite glad, you know, it's, it's mm. self uh, self-esteem.
0: I think he said to me that he'd be quite happy to eat the food in prison, but he wouldn't be happy not to be able to cook and and have that enjoyment which he does. Which actually made me think about kettle cooking in a completely different way. It's not just about supplementing your diet. It's actually about passing the time and gaining pleasure in something, and enjoying something, and having that autonomy, which Danny has. So, do you want to
1: talk about the ingredients to begin with? Yeah, the ingredients. The ingredients. Ingredient we have like what we call the canteen. is the prison supermarket. You know, we have quite of a large, kind of large choice of product that comes from, uh, you know, hygiene products for to clean and for yourself. Uh, 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 fresh products like uh, veggies, uh, like uh, the chicken, but it's already pre-cooked, the chicken and some other, um, uh, you know, like for the people who, are, for the Muslim people, some halal, uh, you know, range of halal products, you know, and mm-hmm. then uh, you have also the eggs, uh, the fresh cream, uh, the liquid, liquid cream, uh, what else, uh, the pastas uh, and all the condiments also. Mm-hmm. Well, all the condiments, few condiments. And uh, and uh, with all of that, you try to 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 make something (laughs) Mm. simpler, but it's expensive. Yeah, you know, it's not permitted to everyone who can cook every day and eat well every day because it's very expensive. It's three, four, five times, up to ten times the price the price of outside from some for some products. You know,
0: so it's a bit different in France. Um, He can actually get access to more advanced equipment than you can in the UK and Danny told me that he actually had two induction hobs in his cell um, which he bought and he placed one on top of the other to kind of make a bit of an oven I mean if you go on his Instagram page you can see that he's roasting chickens and making cake baking things but also using it to kind of fry things as well and he also has a fridge he mentioned that these days he's in a cell on his own so he was cooking by himself for himself But in the last prison that he was at, he had a cellmate who he was really, really close to and cooking actually really brought them together. You know, they'd make a big deal out of mealtimes every night and and almost kind of set the table in their cell and sit down together. Uh, We
1: had the breakfast, the lunch... uh uh, the, the dinner, we did uh, We did uh, the uh, l'entrée, uh, the, the main dish, and the dessert also. I do my tiramisu, I do the t- tarteau, tarteau pomme. Uh.
0: Your tiramisu, um, can you tell me how you make it? Because obviously it's my favourite dessert. Yeah. Um, now, the best dessert.
1: Yeah. Uh, now the tiramisu, uh, in this prison, I can get access to, uh, I can buy at the cantina the mascarpone, you know, mascarpone. I can buy it. So right. normally, without mascarpone, it's very simple. I take a uh, fresh, uh, uh, fresh cream. You know, this fresh cream, uh, crème fraîche. I take uh, this yogurt, fromage frais. You know, and I mix it together. Plus, I uh, take the the uh, egg white. You know, I whip it and it makes that uh, cream. You know, uh, blanc en neige. I don't know how to say en anglais. English. Mm-hmm. Uh, blanc en neige. You know, the white, uh, the white egg that I whip and it makes that cream. You know, and I mix it together and I add, and I add also in the, in the, in the mix between yeah. crème <coughs> and fromage frais, uh, one, uh, one or two, depending on the quantity of, get um, the yellow of the egg. And then I mix all together. I uh, take some Madeleine, you know, this guy called Madeleine. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I, I take some Madeleine, I did them in coffee, I put them on the bottom of the, the, chup, the chup aware, for example, you know, then, uh, then I put a little bit of creme and then I add another the, another layer of madren uh, and I put a little bit of creme. I uh, put the powder, you know, the chocolate powder, and mm-hmm. that's in the fridge for the whole night and the day after. It's very, very nice.
0: Well, I think he's, he's getting a lot of excitement from the fact that he's obviously got a big following. And um, and I, I think that's kind of buoying him up. And, and certainly, you know, he has this kind of boyish, outgoing excitement about him. And he just wants to talk about food. And he just wants to talk about positive things. You know, he kept saying to me, you know, I don't want to talk about crime. I don't want to talk about what happened before. I just want to talk about now and this positive thing that I'm doing to get me th- through this negative time.
1: I never talk about, um, how can I say I never talk about negative shit. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to express myself like that. Uh, I never talk about uh, crimes. Uh, you know, I try only to to show uh, what we can do. You know, in that uh, because it's it's hard also. It's hard to be uh, away from the family. It's hard to be uh, locked up. Simple as like that. You know. Mm. So they close and they open the door. I would love to open my door myself one day, which I will. Of course, it's very important to look after yourself because people here. They come into prison and uh, they, they get all fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Completely fucked up, you know, like the mind is fucked up, the body is fucked up, and myself, I don't really want to be fucked up. You know, I want to be more stronger than what I can be.
0: <laughs> Danny is a prime example of someone who is taking his rehabilitation into his own hands. He is making it his objective to further his skills, to hone his cooking and to work on his diet as well um, in order to improve his mental health, improve his opportunities outside of prison. I know that he's released quite soon and to further himself as a person. And although we see that as the job of the prison system, I guess what's quite interesting with Danny is he's kind of taken that job into his own hands. I really love talking to Danny because I think we had this shared understanding. But he also opened my eyes to a few things. And and, and opened my eyes to, I I guess he helped me put myself in his shoes, in the shoes of other prisoners. And, And also to understand that the pleasure around cooking and eating is sometimes more important than the nutritional quality of it or how many meals you're getting, or the portion size. It's the pleasure and the appeal and the flavour and the taste. Danny's got this kind of overwhelming PMA, you know, positive mental attitude. He's so passionate and joyful. And, it, you know, it does make me wonder, he, he often talks about food and, and using it to have control over his health, which I think in some sense is, is his physical health, but actually I think more it's about... His mental health and his emotional mindset, and he uses food as a tool to to improve that and, and to maintain it at a really positive level that helps him get through the day, and, and not just the day, but his sentence. We, we really we've mainly spoken to prisoners in the UK, Danny. So my first, it's yeah. nice to have someone from a different country actually because it's been really interesting to hear about how things are different. Um, yeah,
1: it's not too bad. It's not too
0: bad. It's not. Too, <laughs> no, it doesn't sound too bad at all. Um, yeah well look good okay. for you keep keep positive thank
1: you alright thank you thank very you much. so good much have a good evening bye,
0: bye Danny bye, bye. I guess it was just about for me it was about gaining a deeper understanding of the, the emotional motivation behind kettle cooking um and it's not just about doing something cool with a pack of noodles. It's actually a much deeper story than that. Um, and, you know, I, I think this this element of control is, is, I have that conversation a lot in prison, you know, the fact that they're picking off a menu that's been pre-decided for them and they've got to choose a week in advance. You know, it makes people feel out of control. And here's Danny, you know, kind of joyful and passionate and so in control of his own food destiny in prison. Um, You know, he's really, he's really taken control of it. He's taken that to the absolute extreme. And, you know, I think in perhaps in a French prison, you know, there's some opportunities to do that 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 UK prisoners don't have. Um, And he's fully relished that, you know. Um, And I also think as well, much like in everyday life, for many people, food is a coping mechanism, particularly when you're going through a difficult time in life, you know, emotional eating and all of that stuff. Food is a coping mechanism in prison, 100%. And someone like Danny, he's not just using food. You know, this isn't really comfort eating as such. Although, you know, I think there's an element of nostalgia to his food because, you know, he's from um, Morocco originally and he cooks a lot of North African food that he learnt in his childhood. You know, which takes him back home. You know, it takes him back to perhaps a time in his life when he was happy and free actually it's the cooking for him is a coping mechanism and you know i can't imagine how many chefs you'd speak to in real life who took up cooking during a difficult time in their life because that's what people do it's therapy that's what he said um it helps you get through things and you get a delicious meal at the end of it which makes you feel better it might not be allowed and it's certainly not encouraged But as a result, he is getting on with his sentence. You know, he's not troubling the other people in prison. He's not troubling the prison service. He's just doing what he's doing to get through. And I think most prisoners would sympathise with that. You've been listening to episode three, Kettle Cooking. This is season one of Food Behind Bars, brought to you by Second Window. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more like it, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This show was presented by me, Lucy Vincent, and produced by Second Window. The edit was put together by Taylor Fawcett. Coming up next week, episode four, The Female Problem.